Hi, everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone who I've not yet met in person, but was a match made on PodMatch. He's a Lutheran pastor from Iowa and the host of his own podcast, Becoming Bridge Builders. It's Keith Haney. Hi, Keith. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? I can't complain. It's a little warmer here than it was before, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah. What's the weather like? When we're recording right now, it's January. So what's the weather like in Iowa right now? Well, up until this week, it was beyond. It was below zero, so it was like minus thirty three days ago. Oh so. no! Oh no! Yeah. I can't handle that. <laughs> I live in um, Richmond, Virginia, so it's a little bit warmer here. It's been like probably in the twenties. I want to stay, so still not great, but a little warmer than that. That shorts weather here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you always lived in Iowa? Are you from Iowa? No, I'm from Louisiana, so for me, it's really cold here. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe you can explain that journey and how you've got from Louisiana to Iowa. Yeah, no, it's funny. I actually went to school to become a computer science analyst. And God God just pulled me out and said, you should go visit the seminary. And I'm like, but why? But it was a trip to (laughs) St. Louis. So I thought, okay, free trip to St. Louis. I'll go see what happens. And the Holy Spirit really got into me and said, you really should go do this. And I'm like, but it's really scary. <laughs> and, yeah. And I signed up and went to St. Louis. I actually went to Fort Wayne first. We have two seminaries. We have one in Fort mm-hmm. Wayne and one in St. Louis. I went to Fort Wayne first, met my wife there. I said, I got what I came for and then transferred to St. Louis, <laughs> where I actually graduated <laughs> from. And so we have six kids and served places in the inner city of Detroit, in St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago, and now in Iowa. And it's been an interesting journey. Uh, Most of my ministry has been spent in poor, underprivileged neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to help people who are in need to really discover God's divine purpose for them and and help them to connect with Jesus. So it's been kind of fun. And I did a Bible study in 2017 as I watched all the racial issues happening in our country. Mm -hmm. And that became really popular after the George Floyd incident. And so I started the podcast as a way to keep the conversation about race going with guests who are knowledgeable. We can talk about difficult topics and they don't all agree with me, but it's good to have that open discussion about how is God using you and your corner of the world to bring about racial healing. So, I love that. I, I That's kind of one of the reasons I started my podcast too, not just to have a conversation. You know, I think that um, with social media and everything, we're all in our own corners. We hear our own echo chambers of things just being kind of, you know, echoed back to us of what we agree with and our opinions are just being kind of pushed back at us. Um, so I, I love that your podcast focused on having a conversation. And that's kind of the purpose of this podcast as well. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, I, I'm so excited about the the scripture you picked, too. We haven't done a ton of Old Testament, um, which is a bummer because I teach Old Testament and I really love it. So you've picked a passage from Job. And when you are ready, I'm going to have you read Job 38 verses 1 through 11. And which translation are you going to be using? Do you know? I am using the NIV. Awesome. Okay. Whenever you're ready, if you'd read that for us. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm, and he said, who is, it, who is that in my dark counsel? With words without knowledge, brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. 
Were you there when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched out a measuring line across it? On what were its foundations, footings set? And who laid its cornerstone? While the morning star sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds in garments and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it, set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no further? Here is where your proud waves halt? And that's it. Okay, so I want to give a little context because I, I love this. I actually was just talking with my students about Job. We're doing the Wisdom Old Testament books right now. Um, and so if you're not familiar with the book of Job, it is a long poem, essentially. Um, and it starts off with Job, who has everything. He has a huge family, lots of livestock. He's a very wealthy but pious um, and reverent, holy man. And he prays for his children every night. But then in chapter one, we see that God and the devil make a bet about Job. And so God agrees to allow the devil to take everything away from Job in hopes that Job will continue to be faithful to God, even amid all that suffering. And Job definitely goes on like a journey. You know, he complains and he talks to his friends and he has asked God to kind of reveal himself and and kind of confront and come face to face with him. And so in this passage that you've chosen, it's titled The Lord's Speech. So this is God kind of talking to Job and agreeing, you know, to kind of meet with him after Job has gone through all of this suffering. So that's kind of where we're at in Job and a little bit of background. But my question for my guests is always, um, why did you pick this passage, Keith? Well, I love studying Job because, let's face it, we all reach points where we're kind of asking God, God, why is all this stuff happening to me? Mm-hmm. And we never really get a good answer. We never hear God say, well, this is why I'm doing it. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Job gives us some insight into what God's thinking is. And I love the very first part of it because Elihu had just got done kind of warning Job about, you know, who God is. And we really shouldn't be questioning God. Mm-hmm. And then I love how the original Hebrew says, like, out of the north wind storm comes God. He just appears mm-hmm. on the scene with Job mm-hmm. and his friends sitting there. and. I love this next part. He says, you know, who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? And then he says in verse three, brace yourself like a man. That that term literally in the Hebrew means for a man to like spread his legs apart, pick up <laughs> his his tunic, um, put it into his, into his pocket and get ready because brace yourself because God's about <laughs> to show up mm-hmm. and answer your question. So you can imagine like a Wild West scene where the guy's about to do the, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they both pull their coats back and they show their guns. So God says, brace yourself like that. Stand with your legs mm-hmm. apart because you asked for it. So here it comes. Yeah, it's quite the showdown. It's quite the scene. And I love like God's kind of tone, like it, it, it's like a pretty much a series of questions. Like, have you done this? Have you done that? Like kind of just like um, building like God kind of speaking about himself. I in my footnotes for mine, I have the new American translation that we use. And um, I looked in my footnotes and it says that um, in response to Job's plea, because again, like Job was like crying out like to God to like to meet him, that he'd be allowed to see and hear God. God directly um, answers not by explaining divine justice, by, but by cataloging the wonders of creation. That's kind of like what he's doing here. I just thought that was kind of interesting. What do you make exactly. of God's res- response here, like in how he answers Job? 
was surprising because you would think that maybe God would justify himself, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I did this because this, but he's like, no, do you understand that you have a very limited understanding of the universe? Right. Um, You see things from a, a finite kind of in the moment situation, but God sees things from the vastness of eternity. And I want you to understand that I've never lost control of this planet, no matter how much you think is out of control. Because mm-hmm. everything that happens, I created. I set the boundaries. I was there at the at the creation. I know exactly how all this works. And kind of how how dare you step into this this space, mm-hmm. this presence of God and ask me about why I made certain decisions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the impression I got from it with God talking to Joe. Yeah, totally. I think I agree with that. I'm curious, too. So as Catholics, you know, we take historical context into kind of like our interpretation of Scripture. Like some things are literal, like especially with Jesus and his words later in the New Testament. But like some of these Old Testament stories a little more figurative. So like when I'm teaching um, this to my students, you know, we talk about do you think that God literally made a bet with the devil? And I'm just curious as like. What's your interpretation as a Lutheran pastor of of Job? Like, is it a literal story or is it more figurative, do you think? Right. You know, I think we we take Job as being a literal story or an mm-hmm. account. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's powerful because we know that God has shown up in physical form in the past. You have Jacob. So we, we know that God right. has done that. We know it happened with Abraham uh, where, where angels showed up with him and Lot and all those things. So we know that God has done that. And when, when it happens, it's interesting in Old Testament because when people realize that they've seen the face of God, there, there is this, there's this change in their perspective. It's like, oh my word, like Jacob's like, mm-hmm. I just saw the face of God and I survived, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Job is, I'm wondering if Job had that same experience. It's like, I didn't really expect him to show up. And I, I think we're that way too. If, if we were to ask God, God, why is this happening to me? We're not really expecting an answer. We don't expect mm-hmm. him to like all of a sudden stop what he's doing and just show up and say, well, you asked for questions here. Here's an audience. Because really what Job is doing is, Job is is literally having a, is asking to, to put God on trial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's acting as a judge and he has God showing up as a, as a defendant. And he's saying, I need to I need to question you about your your motives and your behavior. Mm-hmm. And God just turns the table. It's like, how, how dare you sit in a place of judgment? That's my position. That's my role. Um, and I'm just fascinated by that whole shift in our in his thinking. Yeah. And I think after this, too. Um, it's my footnotes again. We're just kind of like Job is apparently content with this response from God. And, <laughs> you know, and the Lord does, you know, restore Job's fortune after all of this. And my footnotes just lastly say that Job is meant to teach us a lesson on suffering and question why God allows suffering, though it doesn't necessarily give us any definitive answers, which is kind of funny too. <laughs> and that's kind of when I'm teaching it to my students. Like, you know, we just kind of talk about it as like this, this long poem that illustrates with a moral that like, why God might allow suffering um, and kind of like what you said too, like, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't question him because he is God, <laughs> you know? And like, I think we can question God in our lives, but to put him on trial is that's something we shouldn't step to. Like we shouldn't, you know? Right. What else do you love about this passage? Like why else, what else do you think this passage has for us? I think it has a message for us in the midst of our suffering to realize mm-hmm. that God's never lost control. To me, that's, that's comforting. 
Because we look at our world, especially today during COVID, where I think we got mm-hmm. in, our, in our minds that, God, have we just, have you just completely lost control? There, there's this pandemic, there's all this death, there's all this suffering. Mm-hmm. People have felt that in the middle of wars. It's like, well, there's so much war, there's so much death, there's so much pain. Are, are you not paying attention? And and so God kind of shows up not only to just Job, but also just it says, think about the fact that this is, I have the long view of history. You're looking at one moment in time, but there are many factors that are involved in all of this that I'm in control of. I've never given up control of the throne. I've never abdicated my responsibility. And you don't truly understand all the things that are happening. I think about, you know, how patient God was with the, the Israelites. You know, it took him 400 years sometimes to let his anger burn <laughs> against them. <laughs> Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, you got 20 minutes before you change or else, you know, here comes a fire. But luckily I'm not God. Um, mm-hmm. So he has this this long view of mankind, mankind's ability to withstand suffering, I guess, I guess I would say. Um, mm. And so for us, when we're looking at our moment going, this is taking forever and, and this this pain will never go away. God looks at the longer view of history than we do. I think that's really well said. And obviously all of this kind of then points to Christ in the New Testament and how his suffering is also something that like we have a God that isn't just this almighty God that's just like, how dare you question me? We also have God in human form and human flesh that does take on suffering. Um, so I don't know what, like, how do you connect this maybe to the New Testament in that way, if you kind of see where I'm going with that, like, sure, idea of suffering. Yeah. Well, Peter kind of gives us an insight into suffering in the New Testament. He's like, you know, all suffering is not meant to be a punishment, but I love what, where he says, but it's so that your faith can be proven genuine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a refining type of thing for us. If mm-hmm. your faith never goes through any trials, then you never know if your faith is strong enough to withstand whatever is coming your way. And it's kind of like, think about it as, as working out. I used to lift weights when I was younger. And <laughs> I never knew how much I could lift unless I had tried something that was too heavy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to get to that weight that I was trying to get to, I had to keep lifting weights until I got strong enough to get to the point where I could lift the weight I was trying to lift. And I think it's the same thing with faith. If we never put our faith faith to the test or God doesn't put it to the test. We're really not sure when we're standing in a place where we have to give an account. Do we have the strength to know that we have the faith to do that, to make it through that? That's really well said. Like the things that you mentioned right now, we are feeling, you know, we we all feel suffering throughout our lives, but it's been this really weird time of this past two years of us really all kind of having to suffer together. And I don't know, I was really hoping back in 2020 that we would really embrace that togetherness and that unity. But I don't know, me personally, I, f- I feel like it's we're still divided and just as divided as ever. I don't know if you feel that way. Um, no, I do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like, how can we take this idea of suffering maybe and try to to work towards unity instead of like division? What approaches do you think we can try? <laughs> well, I think we have to recognize other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. I had a, a guest on my podcast that says, you know, we're all dealing with our own form of trauma. Mm-hmm. And if we don't recognize that we're dealing with trauma, so when my trauma meets your trauma, if I'm not patient with your trauma, if I think I'm the only one going through this, like if Job mm-hmm. assumed and like Job's friends assumed that, only you're going through this, only you're, this is only your pain, but not realizing that that pain has a purpose. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. that God is going to use that pain for your good. And I think we we somehow lost sight of that too. You know, Paul talks about that, that mm-hmm. what this person meant for evil, God will use for good. Even in this pandemic, I think we sometimes have lost sight of, while it was a horrible, horrible time, and it still is, there still can be some good come out of this. Mm-hmm. And we have to look for the good in that and the good in other people during this time, even though it's difficult for us to deal with. Absolutely. Amen. And that's where I, I feel like the New Testament kind of connections come in with Christ, right? Like Christ could have redeemed us in, or, you know, they could have redeemed us in any way, but it was through his suffering um, that good and redemption came, you know? And I think that's when I'm talking, when I talk about these stories and we talk about why would God allow this suffering? Why would he do this to Job and and to ultimately us, you know, because we all are kind of, like you've mentioned, have our like our Job moments. But I do, I think we have to keep in perspective that we as Christians believe that hopefully there'll be some good in the end, you know, that comes comes through this. I like how you talked about like us going through our trials and referencing Peter, um, that our, you know, trials refine us. Um, and but it's hard to look at that in the midst of like when you're in the thick of it, you know. Exactly. What kind of other like maybe using our suffering for good? Let's take this idea of like using our suffering for good. Like, what other perspectives can we have when we're in the midst of this suffering and having like our job moments? How what else can help us get through those moments? Do you think? Well, suffering drives us back to the Creator, because we realize in the midst of our suffering, I can't do this. I can't do it alone. I can't do it by myself. I can't rely on my friends to get me through this. Eventually, Mm -hmm. it will drive me back into the arms of my creator, Mm -hmm. um, into the the arms of my Savior who says, you know, come to me all who are weary. And and, and not just weary. And that is actually interesting, too, because that word weary in that section of Matthew chapter 11 isn't really about suffering. But it's about those who, are, and this is really timely for today in our situation, those who are weary by laws, by demands. Mm-hmm. So the, the Pharisees kept putting more and more demands on people and kept crushing them with the, with the laws. <laughs> and people were like, mm-hmm. Jesus says, I didn't intend for you to have to bear all these laws, all these requirements, all this stuff. So come to me all who are burdened and heavy laden with all of the Jewish traditions and all the Jewish laws and all the requirements, and I'll give you rest. And and for us who are dealing with that that sense of there's all these mandates and all these requirements and all this other stuff I have to do, I'm just weary. And you can see that in people today. They're just weary. Yeah. And, and, and God kind of says, come and I'll give you rest. Yeah. Something that you said earlier about like trauma, like we're all going through our respective trauma and dealing with this you know, in, in different ways. I saw some kind of like tweet or meme or something today, like a Instagram post that uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but like that if someone is dealing with anger or like acting in anger, it's because they their needs have not been met, like their own personal needs. And I really liked that perspective. I feel like that's kind of why we see this anger, maybe kind of this tone in our world that's like nobody's really having their needs met right now because we're we're having to suffer. We're having to sacrifice. Anyways, I just thought that was Kind of oh, it's very good. It's very true. Earlier, yeah. I don't know. What else would you like to say about this this passage, Keith? What else do you have for us? Well, I, I love what you said at the end that, that Job felt encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> he was satisfied with the answer. Like, I don't know if yeah. I'd be satisfied. I mean, like, it's just a bunch of questions. But like, I get that. Like, what God was doing was like, like, have you done this? Have you done this? But and I like how Job was satisfied. But yeah, go ahead. And then he re- he restores him. It's like so. 
what I think is fascinating about this too is the the key for Job being restored was he didn't sin. He didn't reject God. So mm-hmm. if you look at at this questioning of God, is that really us rejecting God? Right. Job, the story of Job is say, no, it's not. It's okay. The psalmist does it all the time. You know, my life is horrible. These things are so terrible. God, why have you forsaken me? You know, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of it, the psalmist and those psalms of lament will come around and says, but you are my rock and you are my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, (laughs) so God lets them go off for a while and complain. All right, go ahead, get it off your system, (laughs) get it out. And and are you done now? And God says, okay, now what are you going to do? And the mm-hmm. psalmist goes, well, I'm going to turn to you because you're my only source of hope. And, and I hope in this middle of all this, for all of us who have suffered for the last two years and we felt hopeless, that God says, hey, it's okay to complain. It's okay to vent. But eventually you have to move on and go back to where the source of your strength is. God, you are my rock. You are my refuge. In whom shall I fear? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. When I Talk to my students. We did the Psalms because obviously the Psalms come right after Job. And so we've been focusing on the wisdom literature. We read some Psalms. I have them do like these dramatic kind of readings. We kind of figure out, okay, what emotion is the psalmist trying to convey? And oftentimes it is, as you've mentioned, like it starts off maybe sad or angry or frustrated, but then, you know, they do turn to to God and start praising even sometimes in some cases. So I asked them like, you know, do you, are we allowed to get angry at God? And they're like, oh no. And I'm like, no, I'm like, look at this. The psalmist is like angry at first and, and questioning. Like, it's okay to question. It's just, what do we do with that? Is that going to then prevent us and turn us off? Or are we going to be like Job and, you know, to continue to kind of seek God and like want to, you know, like, Job meets with God. He he seeks him and questions and asks, and then he gets to actually meet God. I don't know. What do you make of all of that? Like the the questioning God part? No, I think it's fine. I think we it's it's God expects us to. We don't understand, we don't have the wisdom that God does. And he's like, here's a forum for you, here's a platform. But remember at some point you have to move on and you know, come back to me and remember who is the creator of the universe. You know, right. who who put who laid the foundations? Who is a person that has the ability to really answer your prayer and your concern? It's the one you're talking to. So it's not man you're going to find your solution, and you're really going to find your solution in God. And if we remember that in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our disappointments, that our, our only source of healing and hope and restoration is in God, it's okay for us to kind of go, I'm having a bad day, God. Mm-hmm. Who else can who else can I tell this to but you? Yeah, it makes me. I often go back to Saint Paul because I I share with you I was in the daughters of Saint Paul or thinking about joining the daughters of Saint Paul. So he's been a very kind of like you know close spiritual guide for me. And I often reference this passage about the thorn in the side and that like Paul delights in that kind of that thorn or that weakness because in that weakness is the strength because they can re- you know he can rely and we can rely on God you know, because of that weakness. And I feel like that's kind of what we're getting here too. Like that suffering brings us closer to God and that trial brings us to God. The questions bring us, should bring us to God. I don't know if you'd agree with that. No, I do like that. I, lo- I love that when a response, when, like you said, Paul said, you know, remove this thorn from me. If you do that, God, I could be such a better servant for you. And, and, and God responds, my grace is sufficient. Right. And Paul goes, okay, exactly. well, let's move on. <laughs> Exactly. Another thing I, before we wrapped up, uh, we were kind of starting off with uh, how God appears to Job. 
we mentioned that it's like kind of in this booming like presence, like he makes his presence known and he tells Job to like gurn his loins. I also recently was talking to my students about Elijah and how God doesn't do that with Elijah, right? Like God <laughs> is in the quiet right. in a, with Elijah. So I don't know. What do you make of that? Like that God is kind of this big booming presence in one story and then in the other, he's very quiet. I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, I did like that too, because th- th- that's one of my favorite too. It's like, he's not in the earthquake. He's not in the wind. He's not in the mountains being destroyed, mm-hmm. but he's in this whisper. And mm-hmm. and I wonder if if Elijah needed the whisper of God. Because mm-hmm. when, when someone whispers, if you're in a room, you, you, have, you have students. If someone's whispering, thinking they're not being, they're not going to be heard. They're actually <laughs> heard, they're actually heard more because they're right. whispering. I wonder if if Elijah was more attentive because it was the whisper of God. And so God whispers truth in his ears and he doesn't boom it because at booming, you get you get distracted by the booming. Mm-hmm. But in the whisper, the, the still quiet voice, you can just kind of sense that God was gently telling Elijah it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the different, like, I love that, like, God maybe, you know, knew what Elijah needed to like to hear, whereas he knew what Job needed to and and how that is true with us as well. Like each one of us hears God maybe in a different way because God knows how we best need to to hear him and and how um, to reach us. So I love that the difference. As we we wrap up, what kind of like last takeaways or things do you want to draw our attention to about this passage before we wrap up? I guess that to me is that God is compassionate with Job. Because he could have just said to Job, how dare you question me? And let me just take take care of you right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But he didn't. He he showed up to Job. He let Job get his say. And then God responded. But then God also restored. I, I think that's the important thing that we sometimes miss out on is that God does hear us. God is compassionate with us. And then God restores us. And that's the message of the Old Testament. We always see the Old Testament God as a impatient God of wrath who just like to watch, create mayhem on the world. But we miss out the, on a compassionate God who, as the psalmist says, was slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's the God that we don't always see. That's why I love the Old Testament so much, because we don't get that picture of God as much in the New Testament. We see it through Jesus but our but the God the Father was also slow to anger, compassionate, and abounding in steadfast love. Yeah, I I think I'm going to take away the how God did respond. Like I wouldn't expect God to respond either. But I think that a lot of us in our times of suffering, we are seeking and hoping and looking for a response. And so I guess kind of my takeaway is I like how you said that that is meant to draw us closer. So how can we seek God and and seek him even more in the midst of our suffering? Like, how can we draw closer to him um, in our suffering? Maybe we want to like shut down and shut off, you know, how could work? How can we see him and find him, you know, in the midst of that? But that's, I always love these, these uh, chats because it gives me something more to ponder. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's always kind of like what I need in the moment. So thank you so much for bringing this verse to us. At the end, I also give people a chance to plug any projects and I know you've got your podcast. So what would you like us to check out? Well, I would encourage people to check out the podcast. Um, The podcast really is for people who are in the midst of all this, trying to seek some understanding. I I try to cover tough topics like critical race theory, education, um, even diversity and inclusion in a way that 
informs people of the real life situation that people are going through, especially marginalized people. And, and I, it's not just a black and white issue because I, I had a, people on talking about um, Asian hate in America. Um, so yeah. it's, it's really very diverse. I have a guy coming on talking about human trafficking. So I, I try to address issues that are difficult. I had a special podcast on what's happening in China with the organ harvesting. It's just whatever people God leads to me to kind of tell their story and get more information out about this story. Then I always tell the audience, my guests, give them some action items because people who are who are compassionate and, and believers really want to know what they can do to change things. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people that the problem we have in America with race and people who are marginalized is not something that's bigger than God can handle. If God can handle the sin problem, he can handle the race problem. So I think racism in our country is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual warfare. And we have to look at it as spiritual warfare. It's not a, it's not us versus them, black versus white. It really is a spiritual warfare in our country and in our world. And we have to deal with them. I tell people with spiritual weapons, like from Ephesians 6, putting on the whole armor of God. So I try to do that in my podcast of giving people information, but also reminding them who, who the, what the battle is with and who the battle is against. Mm, that's very well said. Are you on social media at all, or is there a website? How can we listen to your podcast? Yeah, I have a blog. Though I kind of share some, um, my podcast appears on the blog, but also just articles I'm writing about the church and, and about discipleship. And that's on www.alightbreaksthrough.org. Um, you can get all okay. my stuff there. So Alightbreaksthrough.org. Um, and you all can find me on uh, on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. You can also find me on Twitter at Miss Struckley One. That's kind of where I tweet about what's happening in my classroom and Catholic education. But I'd love to hear from you on either platform. And you can always find out more about the podcast on those uh, social media sites. But once again, Keith, thank you so much for being here and for um, sharing this passage with us. I really appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. <laughs>